could you love me? Would you love me? Could you love me? Do you love me? Could you love me for all I am? Because you are, because I'm Here you are. You made it. You made it through all the preparation of the last month, all the activity of the past days, and all the stress and tension of the last few hours. You've made it to this moment. Congratulations. Whatever effort you had to extend to get here, getting the house ready and dinner started, getting the kids dressed and into the car, you made it. You're at the Cow Palace. <laughs> For those of you joining us online or on TV, you might have had to nag and negotiate friends and family to gather around the TV and actually focus on the Mass. But you did it. You're here. For others of you, it wasn't so much effort but energy because you did not want to come. You're not a church person and you don't feel like coming to church just because it's Christmas Eve. But everybody is going to dinner afterwards. <laughs> Besides, your, your grandmother told you coming with her to Mass was all she wanted for Christmas this year. <laughs> How could you say no to that? So here you are. Some of you just got caught up in the traffic on York Road, and you have no idea why you're here. But here you are. Welcome. No matter the obstacles or adventures or attitudes that preceded your joining us, 
I'm glad you're here. But more importantly, God rejoices that you're here. So take a moment to sit back, take a breath, and relax. Because God has something to say. And it's specific to this moment, and it's specific to you. On this most special night of the whole year, God has something to say to you. You are here for a reason. You know, this time of year is far and away my favorite time of year. I love, I love everything about it. I love that it gets dark earlier. I do. I love seeing all the Christmas lights. I love just being home, enjoying my Christmas tree. I love the Christmas movies and specials. I love listening to Christmas music, choosing gifts and sending cards. I love the wonder and excitement of children. I love the magic that's in the air. I love Starbucks Christmas cups. <laughs> you may be like me and love it all, or you may not. But even if you're not a big fan, you could probably admit that there are aspects or elements of it that you do appreciate and enjoy. Of course, what makes it all so special is that it all only comes once a year. And I think we can all easily agree it's a very special season, really a season of grace. In fact, and this is just my theory, I think in this Christmas season, there are particular graces that are not available any other time of the year. Grace, grace is gift. It's a gift we receive from God. We experience grace when God acts in our lives and accomplishes what we could never accomplish all alone and on our own, only through our own efforts and abilities. And let's pause for a moment to acknowledge there is so much of what we truly desire that really cannot be accomplished by our own efforts and abilities. Think about it. All of us desire peace in our hearts and homes, among our friends and family, and all of us know how difficult it is to maintain, how easy to lose our grip on it. All of us desire a sense of purpose, and all too often we find ourselves in doubt and confusion instead. All of us desire love, joy, but the experience is fleeting at best. And of course, all of us desire love. We want to love and be loved, and all of us, all of us have known the burden of a broken heart. It's very clear that our most basic human desires cannot be achieved despite our best efforts, despite our considerable abilities. I need something greater than me to satisfy me, to satisfy my very legitimate, very human needs. And that's where God's grace comes, comes in. God's grace can give you what you could never accomplish or sustain on your own. And followers of Christ are all about positioning ourselves to recognize and receive grace. Perhaps more than anywhere else in Scripture, the Christmas story provides us with great examples of ordinary men and women, entirely ordinary men and women, 
cooperating with God's grace, and in the process, experiencing peace, purpose, joy, love. We pick up this story in Luke's gospel. It goes like this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Renius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. Luke sets the birth of Jesus squarely in time. This is no fairy tale or children's story, but an event that took place at a very specific, identifiable moment in history. To participate in a census for purposes of taxation, Joseph and Mary went to Joseph's hometown. Bethlehem was significant for several reasons, most notably that hundreds of years earlier, the prophet Micah had foretold that God would send a savior to save his people and the savior would be born in Bethlehem. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In Bethlehem, Mary gives birth to Jesus and then she does something both completely expected and something completely unexpected. Like any newborn, she swaddles him. She wraps him in swaddling clothes, but unexpectedly, she places him in a manger, a feeding trough for animals filled with straw, a manger, because she had no other options. Next, the scene shifts from a touching tableau of mother and child to the barren fields outside of Bethlehem. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping night watch over their flock. The job of a shepherd was a pretty menial task. Shepherds experienced isolation and discomfort, as well as real danger from thieves and predators. If there are any shepherds here tonight, I am sure shepherding is now considered an uber cool occupation, and we congratulate you on your work. But back in the day, it was looked down on. Nobody wanted to do it. And yet, and yet we are told that it was to these unlikeliest of people that the biggest news in history was first announced. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The good news is that God is doing something new, something new that will be a game changer for all people, for all people. So guess what? That includes you and me. What's the good news? For today in the city of David, a savior has been born for you who is Christ the Lord. The good news is the gift of a savior who is Christ the Lord, a savior. Maybe, maybe you don't think you need a savior and that's, that's fine. But if you're willing to acknowledge our original point and premise that I need something greater than me to, to satisfy me, well, then you sort of do need a savior, don't you? 
a savior, meaning a person who can help us find peace, purpose, joy, and love that we desire. He can do that because he comes from God and he is God. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The angel tells the shepherds where they can find their savior. And it was probably not what they would have expected, a manger. In other words, their savior was not about power, position, privilege, pleasure, or possession. Their savior was a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Same for us. We inevitably look to power, position, privilege, pleasure, and possessions to satisfy our desires, but they can really only be met in the person of Jesus Christ. How does it work? Well, the angel tells us that too. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. That word, favor, is another word for grace. God favors you. He is for you. God is for you and wants you to know the good things that he has in store for you. Good things like peace, purpose, joy, love. Good things that ultimately only he can give. They can only come through a loving relationship with the living Lord. Therefore, what? Well, therefore, we can do what the shepherds did. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Jerusalem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. They went to the house of the Lord. They went to spend time with him and get to know him. It's the same for us. Every Christmas offers a very special grace. It's an invitation to draw near or nearer to the source of grace, the source of peace and purpose and joy and love, the source that is our Savior. How perfect as we end the year, we can choose to make the new year all about grace and favor by choosing to draw near to the source of grace, especially through a daily quiet time that's our prayer time, extending ourselves in service and charity, and perhaps even more fundamentally, like the shepherds, seeking to draw near the source of grace by coming to his house, as you have this evening, to experience his presence and find the support and encouragement of other Christ followers. You know, we can't demand grace. We don't deserve it. We'll never, ever earn it. But we can. We can position ourselves to recognize and receive it. And that's what Christmas Eve is all about. It's about making a commitment to position ourselves to recognize and receive the grace and favor given to us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey everyone, thanks for watching with us today. Hit that subscribe button right now so you don't miss a single thing. 
you can be part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples simply by sharing this video. We are so grateful you're part of our community.